Excited to be here today. It's been a bit since we've been to Texas. I actually went to school down the road at Southwestern, which is actually where I met Krista before she decided to, to jump ship and bail to the Northwest. So then I chased her up there and the rest is history, but it all started here, uh, which has been great. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have a chance to share. We currently are in Nashville, uh, spent a, no, a number of years on church staffs, and in the past about four years, I worked for a company where you might see some of their gray vans around town with a smile on the truck and a smile on the box, and you might use a Amazon Prime, but I've had a chance to do that and then also still serve the church where we attend back in, Na in Nashville and today. So excited to be here and thank you all for uh, joining us today. And if you're online, we're glad you're here as well. Today, we're going to take some time uh, to look at God's word. And I must be up front with you. I got this. I didn't get the slides in in time. So we're going to go old school. Uh, you're going to have to pay attention. You're not going to have screen aids. You might have to look at God's word on your phone or if you bring the actual text. Uh, we're just going to kind of take some time to look at a couple of verses to today. And the goal is that whenever we join together today, especially before we go out into our world, is that God's word would become alive and active within us. God's word says that it's alive and active. The question becomes, is it alive and active within us? Or is it just a text that we read because we check the box and then we're good to go and we get to show that, that we're saved? The truth is that it has to begin to impact not only the way that we think and the way that we see, but also the heart in which we have for the world around us. That life is not just about us, it's about everyone else that we run into contact with. And the one thing that I've learned now not being on a church staff as a vocation is that there's a lot of lost people in the world. And the sad thing is they don't know it. Right? And so I think for us to have this chance to look at his word, to allow it to begin to impact and to change the way that we view and see our world, I think is great. And, and I must say as well, especially on a week like we've seen in the world and really the last few years, I know we're all sick and tired of COVID, but you know, it happened and it was tough. It wasn't an, e an easy time. We always have this every four years as well with a wonderful time called elections. And we all just thoroughly enjoyed that time. And our football games are interrupted by ads and all of those things. Or perhaps we had difficulty the last few years as we all went through the toilet paper apocalypse as well where even those small things began to just be a trial, or perhaps you're here and it is another difficult season for your cowboys, and you are just having a hard time. Listen, I can bring that up because I am personally a fan, a lifelong fan of the, Cle the Cleveland Browns. So if anyone can relate to difficulty in life and in football, it is me, or perhaps it's just something occurring in your life. But we find, as we look at God's word today, we find that that is nothing new. Difficulty might be new to us in the present or through a season in which we're in, but it's not new to the world at large. And throughout our journey of life, we're going to face some tough things. And there's no way around it. And it's just life, and it gets, it gets 
difficult, but today we're, we're going to jump in between two passages of Scripture. One is in the old, one is in the new. And I must forewarn you, uh, and I can't help but smirk when I begin to share what the Old Testament book is. Because, um, yeah, it's Lamentations. Uh, there's no way to get around that that one. It's a book of lament. It's a book of sorrow. And, but I think it's important to, to note that in God's word, there is a book all about dealing with and mourning and processing that life is not, the, is not going the way in which I had hoped. And life is difficult and life is frustrating. Then we're also going to take a look at what Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians 4. Let's look a couple of passages of scripture. Uh, first and second Corinthians 4 verses 8 uh, to 9, it says, for we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. And if you grew up in church, you now have the Hillsong song going through your, your mind uh, <laughs> that I grew up with. Or you have the author of Lamentations begins to write. He goes, so I say, my splendor is gone and all that I have hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. The author of Lamentations is talking about difficulties as they were dealing with being abandoned and having been separated from their land and dealing with an oppressive people group ruling over them. And then you have Paul talking about being perplexed and crushed and persecuted, yet God is with us. And we even find this in Matthew 6 as well, where the Lord himself says, do not worry about tomorrow. Why? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough what? Trouble of its own. Like just focus on today because you're going to deal with enough trouble today. You don't have to keep looking ahead or obsessing about the past. But this is where we find ourselves in. And, you know, as, as you begin to go around town, you begin to find that people all around, around you as well are having bad days. You know, if you ever drive by a car, as we did as we drove in, there's, there, there was just a car with a, bu a bumper just completely off of the car. And I told Krista, I said, that's the sign of a bad day, right? Like somebody at some point had a bumper physically ripped off their car. And I doubt they said, thank you, God. I didn't like that part of my car anyways, right? That was the start of a bad day. Or whenever you see someone with a cracked phone and, and the screen is cracked and you know at some point they had a bad day. It dropped and they went, oh no, my $1,000 phone of all of the tech, they can't fix the screen that won't break, right? Like of all of the things that they can't. But we begin to find these things occurring all around us. And what happens is, is oftentimes uh, we begin to go through these issues and we look at others to try to support us, which is not bad and can be good, but we also forget to look upward and to look to God who is the one that will walk us through every season of life and will help sustain us through every season of life. So I want to go back through and look at some of the truth that we also find in those same verses as well, because each author, Paul and the author of Lamenta Lamentations, 
they don't just stop with the issue. They begin to reframe in their mind, and they begin to look at the truth of God's word. So if we look at, at Paul's verse, remember, he said, that even though we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, we're perplexed, but not driven to despair. You know, we just went over that text. He then writes, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Although outwardly, we are wasting away. Although we are exper exper experiencing a world that is just in decay and not going the way that we all hoped, but inwardly, in our relationship with Christ, we can experience a renewal that occurs day by day. Think about it as well. The Lord said each day has enough trouble of its own. And Paul is saying, but we also are being renewed, not in the future, but now and tomorrow, and on Monday, and on Tuesday, and we can go through this day by day. And this word renewed literally can mean to give fresh life or strength to. So in a way, you can even read this verse as our inner self is being given fresh life day by day. God is giving us fresh life, renewing us, helping us. But we also see in the book of Lamentations as well, the, uh, the, uh, the author shares, again, going through, like, this is not going the way that I had hoped. This is not what I expected. My soul is downcast within me. And then he says this, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I will say to myself, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. Then he ends with, it is good to wait quiet, quiet, quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So we, so we find this theme, right? Each day has enough issues but also, we also have enough strength to get through that day and to be renewed and that God's mercies for us are new every morning. But let's look at this idea of mercies. You know, the one thing I've grown up in church, my first memory of church is, and hopefully this isn't a view that you ha have of me because I don't yell a lot and, I, and I'm not bald, but my picture of when I, I, I was a kid, it was a guy in a suit that was bald who yelled a lot. His face was bright red and he would dab not just his forehead, but like his whole head. You know, he was sweating it up. And I remember just thinking, man, this guy is very intense. I appreciated it, but I have no idea what he said, right? And we come, we come across some church culture things and even some church words that we might forget or not fully understand what they mean. And mercies for me is a word where you kind of get the idea, but I think it's important to look at it a bit more. Mercies on the human level is best described as one's consideration of the condition and needs of his fellow man. In God's word, in the Old and New Testament, it is an action taken by the strong towards the weak, the rich towards the poor, the insider towards the outsider, those who have towards those who have not. 
His mercies are new every morning. It is God's strength, not ours, that he gives to us. It's God's richness of mercy and grace, not ours, that he gives to us. It is God's love towards us, even when we were on the outside, towards us. It is God's mercy as you look through the Old Testament, that provided bread to the people of God in the wilderness. It is God's mercy that delivered Israel, the people of God, out of Egypt. It is mercy has never been the the benefit of God's people because of their merit. It has always been the gift of God. So his mercies are new to us every morning. And I just think that's something for us, especially as we go through life. I know for me, um, there, there, there can be a tendency that I have, and, and hopefully you all can relate. And if not, you get to learn more than you care to know about me. Um, I typically can get stressed out about what could happen. Not tomorrow, but like years down the road. I don't know why. It's just the way that I am. Just kind of this like always a concern about what could occur down the, the, the road. And the truth is, is that we're not meant to know what's going to happen. We're meant to focus on today. And to focus our mind and our heart and our attention. What is God doing in me today? What mercy is he showing me and covering me with today? His strength for my weakness, his richness for me being poor. And I think it's a a remarkable thing as we begin to look at these verses as although they start off with the difficulty and the frustration and the irritation and the concern and the worry and the weariness of life, they always end with hope. They always end with hope. And so I think for us, again, in difficulty and trial, when we're going through things, maybe nobody else in this room knows what's going on actually in your life, that we often look to others or we self-medicate or we get distracted by everything around us and we don't go to the source of the one who can actually help us. And I'm not saying that you don't need people. Don't hear that. But I'm saying if you start with phoning a friend before you call on God, you might want to just pause and say, I need to talk to this friend, but I also need to talk to to God about this first. I need to process this with my dad and figure some things out and then ask him for help. I think having people around to support and love is hugely helpful. I think being a part of a a church that makes an emphasis on not just showing up and going out unchanged, but showing up and going out to provide change, to ignite change, I think is a wonderful thing. But you also have to start first with an honest relationship with God and a conversation with him and processing and praying. And you know, just want to throw this out, especially if you grow, grew up in church as I did, sometimes you have this idea that your prayers have to sound good. Prayers just have to come from the heart. There's been times I'm just in my car, I'm like, God, this makes me mad. I'm upset. I don't get it. What is going on? Like, I'm frustrated. There's no, oh Lord, I pray. Like, no, like, Lord, I'm mad. This is frustrating. I'm concerned. I'm scared. Like, where are you? And you know, what happens is that is the cry of your heart. 
It's not cleaning yourself up first. If you're waiting to talk to God or to come to know him by cleaning yourself up first, you will never meet him. You have to come to him exactly as you are. Well, that's, that's good to know. All right, application. So how do we experience this renewal every day? How do we experience his mercies, which are new to us each morning? I don't think it's inappropriate to make the connection between those two texts, that every day we receive fresh mercies from God that renew us day by day. That every day that we walk with God, he can provide us this strength that gives us fresh life every single day. But I think we first need to start with this truth, is that we need to start with a confession that we need help. You know, there's a lot of people that are going through things in life that are still going through those things in life because they refuse to ask for help. Someone who deals with alcohol abuse, they can never really change until they see their need for change and confess that need. For some, maybe even in this room, you're going through some stuff in your own home life or a marriage or unsure of what to do next or with a kid. And you need to just start with asking for help. We live in a culture in America specifically that is priding itself on independence. But we're in a relationship with God that requires dependence. And I think that really makes us uncomfortable. We want to pretend like we have it all together. For those of us more young in the room, we all know that we curate our Instagram feed, our Facebook feed. We make sure that the pictures and the outtakes we don't like or the, or the angle we don't like or the certain like filter didn't capture the mood ju- just right. So we don't put it out, out, out there. And we tend to try to live a very curated and, and a life, but we're really moving away from an authentic life. Where I think if some homes actually took a wonderful picture at Thanksgiving, it would not look good. It would look like frustration, right? And we all put on a smile and then we just began to go back into our ways. But we need to admit that we need help. We need to begin to realize that every day we need his renewal. Every single day. And we see this theme even throughout our, our life, even with the small, the small, the small things. If you're going to buy food and put it into your house, I want you to know that's not a one-time thing. And if it is, then how? Because inflation, I would love to know how you've hacked that in life. But you, you don't just shop once and you're done. You don't just gas up your car once and then it's set. Like you buy the car off the lot, you ask if it's a full tank, they say yes, and you go, I'm good until this car dies. For some, for some cars, that, that might occur. But for the essence of this, it won't. Or e- even with our phones, our, smart, our smartphones or our iPads, what do those need? They, need? they need a charge. So why do we think in our life with Christ that it's a one and done? We receive him. We're thankful for him. Lord, you've given us mercy and grace, and we've accepted. You've forgiven us. Now I'm going to go and do my thing. 
And the truth is that's often how we live our life. Maybe not for your whole life, but maybe for the last few months or, or weeks. You say, you know what, I'm going to give this a go on my own. And so there's this truth that I have found for, my, for myself, and you might as well, is that we often attempt to face life's difficulties on yesterday's mer- mer- mercies. Or we often try to traverse through life on last year's renewal. And the truth is that we have to get back to living this out day by day. That every day we're going to go back to his word and read. You know, not working in a church means I've had to be a lot more proactive about my own faith. And it's been remarkable for me when like, especially the first six months, I was like, how do I live this out now that I have like a different job that takes up a lot of my time? I I don't have to speak each week. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to show up to church. I don't have to do any. How do I do this? And even like with work and the busyness and hecticness and one of the hacks that I have, this may help, this may not, but my first break at work, my first break, I do my best. I'm not perfect, but I do my best to take a break. I go down to the fifth floor. I sit in about the same chair, looking at the same view, and I take out my phone and try to read his word. I don't try to read chapters. I don't try to, I just try it. Lord, what is it for today? What's going to get me through work today? Because Lord, there's some people on my team that I wish to never see again, right? There's some people on the drive-in that I was tempted to say and do and show signs from my car that do not please you. Maybe you've experienced this out on your roads, which are crazy. Lord, what do you have for me that can get me through today. Lord, I don't want to rely on last year or last week or even yesterday. Lord, what do you have for me today? So just finding time to even get into his word, to allow it to speak to us, to confess our need for him. And I think as we remember these things, we we also find this renewal is occurring But I also, what came to mind uh, today as the team played was also in Romans 12 too, that we're not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, renewing your thoughts. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There, there is um, the verse as well about to not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And I heard the other week that, you know, whenever you think of the term being conformed, it's pressure from the outside in. That we're trying to fit something or reshape us and it's external pressures that's actually trying to fit us into a mold. And it's interesting that in our faith walk with God, it's not external pressure, it's internal renewal. It's changed from the inside out, not just from the outside in. And it's allowing him to change the core and the center of who we are. So I'm going to invite back up the team, worship team to be specific if they don't mind. And I want us just to have an opportunity to respond. There's a line uh, that is said at uh, the church we attend, and I like it. I have nothing against, just to be clear, nothing against for folks coming up 
It's great. Wonderful. But there's a line that I like that we say a lot where we attend, and it's to make an altar right at your seat. And I think that's a, a nice phrase and a nice way to frame, at least for me, some of the most powerful times I've had with the Lord has sometimes just been right in my seat wherever I'm at. There's been a, a time I was at school at Southwestern. I was doing school online, and I really just, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was 19. I wasn't sinning like a crazy amount, right? Like, you know, I was just doing my, my, my thing. Of course, there's some things there that I could have improved upon, but I just felt like a drifting. And so I did what all kids do at that point, is you put on some hill, <laughs> hill song, and I was downstairs at my desk at my, my folks' house. And I remember just the Lord at the time, just the sweetness of his presence there. I didn't feel condemned or judged or smacked around or how dare you. And, and I think perhaps for some, you may have grown up in a home or a faith system where because of the fear of God's response, you've never come home or you've tried to do it independently of him. I kind of grew up as a kid in churches where you were in God's hand, right? We're in God's hand. And his other hand was about to flick you off into the pit of hell if you messed up. I mean, it was that type of like judgment and fear and all of the, if I mess up, that's it. I'm done. But you know, as we look at a lot of stories as well through God's word, I love the story of the prodigal son. And not to go too far down, I know I've hopped into a couple of different scenes in, God, in God's word, but I find it interesting in the text, there's no sign that the dad went to find him. I'm not saying God doesn't find you, but I'm saying sometimes he waits to run until he sees you turn. And then he runs to meet you. And I think it's true because for some of us, we're the type that if he ran, we would just say, Dad, like, just stop. Like, I'm, I'm just doing my thing. But when that heart change occurs, the dad didn't wait like this. I knew it. It was just about time. He ran. In that culture, for someone to, rant, it, to run, it was like an undignified thing. You don't run. You walk. You don't, the kids are there for, like, and for him to take off. So perhaps you're in this place, and just the next step for you is just that heart turn. Just that turn of, Lord, I'm going to come back. And maybe you haven't run far or for long. It could just be for a few weeks. You're like, I'm just going to try this on my own. I got this. Those are the worst things to, to say, because you don't. And it's just turning back to, Lord, I want to experience your renewal. I want fresh mercies for today. I want to experience you and have you walking through whatever it is right now. And maybe for some, you're far away from him. And my prayer is that he would track you down. See, there's some, like with the son, he ran away. He knew what was right. And he ignored it and ran and did his own thing. I think that's separate from people who don't know. We would call them lost. So for those that are lost, that don't have a context or a framework or even know the name of Jesus, my prayer is that he would track you down. 
He can leave me and find you. Like, I'm fine with that. Because in his word, he leaves the 99 to find the one. That's lost. And maybe it's somebody that you know. And, and maybe right now the, the response, maybe you're good. Like you're like, Lord, like you and I are good. Like I feel like it's fine. I don't feel a conviction. Then who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? Who are you showing Christ's love to? Who can you show his love to? The prayer becomes, Lord, can I not only be your hands and feet, but Lord, can I also be your heart? to the world in need around me. So you do you. If you will want to come up, that's fine. But just even if you want to, in your seat, make an altar right where you're at. I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll close however Rich decides. I trust him. But I'd like to pray. And I'd like for you to pray as well. You don't have to even hear what I'm saying. to Just, just pray. So Lord, we come to you today. And Lord, we thank you Lord, you're a good God. Lord, the small g gods, Lord, that we make, Lord, aren't good to us. But Lord, you are. And so, Lord, for, for those of us here, Lord, we just take time to focus on you today. And Lord, I know for myself, and Lord, I'm sure for those here, Lord, there are things, Lord, there is mercy that I need today. Lord, there is weakness and in, 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 in areas, Lord, where I need your strength. Lord, there are, there are instances and, Lord, times where, Lord, we try so hard to do it on our own, but, Lord, mercy is someone with strength or someone with what they have towards those that have not. And so, Lord, would you fill us anew with your spirit, Lord? Would you be in this place, and Lord, in our hearts, and Lord, begin to transform us from the inside out? Lord, would you renew us and restore us, Lord? Lord, for those areas in our life where, Lord, we need you, Lord, I ask that you would show up. You would make yourself known, and Lord, you would help us. Lord, we are dependent on you. We're dependent on your grace and your mercy and your love. Lord, we, we lean into that. And Lord, we ask for help. And Lord, for those that don't know you, Lord, would you somehow by your mercy and for your glory, Lord, would you use us to reach them, to love them, to serve them, Lord, to be your representative Lord, your reflection, Lord, would our reflection be pure and true, Lord, actually reflecting who you are, not just church, not just what we think, but Lord, your actual love and heart. Lord, we pray for the lost. Lord, we pray, Lord, that they would come to know you, not come to know church, not come to know just what we all think we need to do, but Lord, come to know you. And Jesus, would you work on their heart? Would you draw them in by your spirit? Lord, for, for those of us and those that we know that have run off, that know the truth but don't care, Lord, would you call them home? Lord, we pray for heart change. And Lord, as we prayed be, before, Lord, we pray for the unrest around the world. Lord, these calls for 
terror. Lord, we ask for your peace. Lord, we ask for your wisdom. Lord, we ask, God, that you would move and that your will be done on earth or in heaven and on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, would your will be done. And Lord, we thank you and we love you. And it's in your name that we pray and everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.